Oh yeah, I like the sound of that, and I know that you're gonna like the sound of it too. This is The Manny Wolf Show, where I pull no punches, I don't hold back in my conversations with some of the most interesting minds on the planet. So, put us in your ear, turn the volume up, and hang on for another episode. Under the heading of Better Late Than Never, we are live. Hello, everyone. How are you? Today, in a very special, and by special, I mean late version of my interview (laughs) series, which I'm now going back to officially calling The Manny Wolf Show. Um, I have with me today Teresa Winlode, who was gracious enough to reschedule no less than two times in one day because I overbooked my schedule. Um, let me give me just one second, Teresa, and 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 audience. I happen to do this uh, this sharing business, so I'm gonna share that there. I'm gonna start a watch party. Woohoo! And we're gonna share it to a group as well. Um, just any random group that'll be fine. No, just kidding. In my group. <laughs> All right, here we are. We are live. We are here. Better late than never, and I think you guys are going to enjoy this. Teresa is going to be talking about uh, bringing peace and tranquility to your life, which in these times is very helpful. Absolutely. Through uh, decluttering or uncluttering, or what are you saying in your words? I call it uncluttering. So, so yeah, um, I'll just tell you straight up, I've been a professional organizer for many years, mm-hmm. and one of my clients observed that I get a little dopamine hit every time I ran something out to the dumpster. It's like, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> so I decided I'm not so much of an organizer anymore. I'm a life coach, okay. and um, I love helping people get rid of clutter. Yeah. And yeah, so would you like me to start back with my story on where this little journey began? I am actually more curious to know what the connection is between clutter or, or, or and um, chaos or peace of mind, depending on. Uh, oh, you yeah. Know I mean? Yeah. Talk to me about that. OK, I will. So I, I am going to preface it with I've been an organizer mm-hmm. and people have a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, they've already done research that there is a connection between cortisol, the stress hormone and a lot of stuff. I don't know anybody who enjoys walking into a cluttered room. You know, they might say, oh, I know where everything's at, but there's a stress level with that. Well, as I was doing organizing and I kept seeing that this is deeper than the stuff that's in the closet. And I did my training as a life coach. I've been through a couple of different life coaching programs. And I began to see that these things, it was so much deeper than the bursting closet or the, the, the tchotchke collection that is just out of control. Right. And I, and, also paralleled with that was, was my own journey with a fibromyalgia diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And I, I was in my early 40s. I had had years of chronic pain. It culminated with this fibromyalgia diagnosis. Um, then I got a book that changed my life, Healing Back Pain by Dr. John, John E. Sarno. Mm-hmm. And he talked about the mind-body connection yep. with, and as I, as I dug into this book, well, actually, the first time I read it, Manny, I threw it across the living room. Because I was so outraged that this guy was saying, you're telling me this is in my head? Yeah. yeah. I am a car accident survivor. I have physical trauma. And um, but you know, anyway. That's so funny. Let me just share this. My sister read the same book. She read it after a car accident. 
And she had basically the same reaction the first time. Isn't that crazy? Oh, well, it's deeply offensive because our <laughs> ego is it's deeply offensive. It's deeply offensive to the ego. Yeah. Because yeah. we're trained by this medical, uh, industrial medical uh, <laughs> monster. Did I say yeah. that? <laughs> you know, that everything's got to be uh, pathologized. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So true. Yeah. So that, that could be another bunny path. But anyway, I, I got to this point. I'm. I was hurting enough that I decided to look at the book again. Okay. And when I read it, it was like, oh my God, this is me on every page. The, the history of childhood trauma, the personality tendencies. And because of my organizing background, I began mm -hmm. to look at these things. What Dr. Sarno was talking about is head clutter. And then I, I thought, oh my God, this thing is so big because clutter really comes in three flavors as how I see it. There's home clutter which don't need to explain that too much, head clutter. How many people, decision fatigue, I mean, was that even a, a phrase 20 years ago? Right. <laughs> so overloaded with decisions. We're so busy. We're so preoccupied with our phone. Oh, I got a message. Yeah. yeah. Um, Give me just a second. <laughs> exactly. Hold yeah. on a second. Yeah. Um, so, so head clutter, which yeah. very much feeds into um the next area of clutter, which is what I call hard clutter, or I call the sacred clutter, because to me, this is, this is precious stuff. This mm. is the wounds from childhood. This is the trauma that's never been addressed. It's the stuff that we feel justified to hold on to, right? Yeah. Well, right? We, we feel like it identifies us. Or yes. rather, let me, let me nail that a little bit. Let me hit the hammer a little bit more on the head for people listening. Okay. Until we know better, those things that we hold on to so dear that hurt so bad are a big part of our identity. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And here's the rub with that. People don't even realize it. Yeah. So yeah. They don't even so realize it. it becomes like for me. Um, when I was newly diagnosed, the first temptation is to go in and find a fibromyalgia support group. Sure. Oh, my Lord, please don't do that because you're yeah. just going to find other people and that becomes the identity. And the brave part is where you look at that and you go, okay, I'm going to explore these deeper, the heart clutter, the sacred clutter, mm -hmm. the trauma that is so filled with shame, especially for women that yeah. have survived sexual assault or yeah. other traumatic um shame around that stuff it's like it gets it's like a bursting closet with a do not enter sign over it yeah so i found what i needed to do because i identified so much with that book i needed to be brave and i needed to go in and realize that even though i was saying yo my life is perfect and i'm happy it i wasn't being really honest with myself right so to be able to draw that courage to go you know things aren't going so well right now yeah. And which leads me to my other age, because I'm a writer and I like alliteration, home, head, heart and health. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. what happens when you've got this built up clutter in your life, it ends up in your your body. So there was a doctor. That a doctor shared, and this was like in the 1800s. Um, I'm sorry, I should have had this already because it's one of my favorite quotes. Basically, it is where, there, where there's no vent for the body, where there's no vent for tears, the body will find a way to cry. 
Yeah. I just kind of mangled that quote. That's but, still pretty good. I think we can I think we can take the, the essence of that. And it is absolutely true. People yeah. are willing to accept that when we get embarrassed, we're gonna blush. If yeah. you get nervous, you might get butterflies in your stomach. But the disconnect comes where they don't see where you've got the subconscious noise going on where you're unhappy with your life. Yeah. That's gonna create health problems eventually. And if you don't pay attention to it, to me, it's a wake up call from your body. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're prone to getting headaches, your body is going to keep amping up those signals. You know, like for me, yeah. it started up with tendonitis here, tendinosis there, um, a pain there until it finally culminated to fibromyalgia. And the volume got loud enough that yeah. I realized I, I need to address this and I need to get real with these other sources of clutter. It's interesting to me because this is another another point of view, uh, a way of looking at something that I just keep seeing people, how do I want to put this, people realizing uh, over and over again, which is that on some level, everything about our realities is sort of talking to us about our reality. Yeah. And I don't want to leave that so esoteric for people for people watching. I can tell that you get what I'm talking about, but it's I also sure it's also your work. So of course you get right. it. Like so chronic pain. Chronic pain has oftentimes emotional at least components. Now, if you if you jump off a, a two-story roof and you push one leg up higher than the other into your hip socket, you're going to have chronic pain for a physical reason. But it's also like you just never find chronic pain that's all for a physical reason without an emotional component for some reason, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and it's so e it, it's as though part of the challenge laid before us in the human experience is to learn how to uh sort of see through our own heuristic devices, our own, our own tendency to normalize. And, and, and I, one of the things that I, I wind up doing with people a lot, because I, I work with people who want to speak, who want to become sort of celebrities who want to, you know, personal brands. Um, and there's always a resistance, of course, there's a fear of, of the next stage of, of bigger. Um, and I notice that at some point with people, Oftentimes it's it's in the beginning, but at some point people always do this thing where they they minimize their biggest issues behind this really small language. And I call it hiding your biggest things behind your smallest words. Yeah, that's good. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's really good. And um, and I think that you're coming at this same sort of phenomenon from the perspective of we can tell to an extent what's happening deep inside of you by the environment you create around you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Unless people this. think that this is some kind of a woo-woo thing, it isn't. And, and I get that, right? Yeah. And the science, because one of my defense mechanisms is show me, show me. I should have been born in Missouri. Show right. me. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, but, but I do like the credibility because I think sometimes there gets that woo-woo element where to me yeah. there's a credibility disconnect. Yeah. But the science is bearing this out. This is not woo-woo. This is solid. And um, did you hear about the ACE study 
And if I'm no. going off on the wrong tangent, feel free to tug me back. <laughs> I, I will. Can you tell I get a little excited about this stuff? Well, I'm glad too. I'm, I'm glad that you have a deeper level to this. So yeah, tell me about, tell us about the ACE study. So the ACE study was done out of Kaiser Permanente in California, and they did mm -hmm. this study of morbidly obese women. Mm -hmm. And they all lost a bunch of weight, mm -hmm. and then they gained it back. And some of the researchers got curious, like, well, what's going on with this? When they dug deeper, they found that the commonality with these women, there were 10 risk factors that were assigned. And there were things like there was an incarcerated loved one. Um, there was food scarcity in the home. There was sexual abuse. There were right. these yeah. 10 criteria. And they determined it's called adverse childhood experience. Oh, right. Yeah. You can go to the ACES Too High website. Mm -hmm. But what they found out is the higher the web, the higher the score, mm -hmm. the greater the risk for health related issues yeah. like morbid obesity, but also heart disease and cancer. Mm -hmm. So and then the other things, the chronic illnesses like fibromyalgia, yeah. you know, the things if it's got syndrome in the name yeah. and it's non-fatal, it's probably rooted in some kind of a trauma life pressure. Th those yeah. were the three factors that Dr. Sarno identified was a history of trauma, life stressors, and then perfectionist mm -hmm. tendencies. Yeah. So anyway, back to these women. Uh, we've got more people learning about it. There's a wonderful TED talk by a pediatrician named Dr. Nadine. If you Google Dr. Nadine, you'll find it mm -hmm. on the of physicians taking a pulling the camera back and focusing on the whole person not yeah. just either presenting with whatever the symptom sure. is yeah it's like what's going on in your life yeah and they're finding when you take this wholehearted approach it's kind of like what i do with organizing you get to the root of it and yeah. then you're not constantly having to to clean out the closet so yeah, it's right. just yeah yeah, figuratively exactly, right? and literally, yeah. And that's what I love about the clutter angle on this because people get it. You know, I can talk about their closet and the stuff that's not needed in there. Well, let's talk about what's in your heart. What's yeah. not needed in there anymore? What's right. holding you back? So, yeah. So I just feel sort of compelled to say this. Um, this idea of our space being a... a a vibrational reflection of our internal space is not new either. Absolutely. I mean, I mean I've had experiences uh, literally and I, I more than one where um, I set out to feng shui my environment mm -hmm. and had significant changes for the better happen either financially or emotionally or romantically immediately upon doing it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, I was sort of, I was raised in an environment where pseudo mysticism was sort of revered. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so to me, it was, it was like most of me went, Oh, look at that. It's magic or whatever. And then part of me went, oh, I don't know, you know, <laughs> right. But I did it anyway. Um, <clears throat> but the cool thing I think here is, is that you don't necessarily have to, do everything the hard way from the inside out mm -hmm. through, through, you know, years and years of self-awareness and personal development. And um, we can, it, Tony Robbins was the first person I heard say this, and he was talking about changing your state. He said, you can change your state by changing your motions and action in your body, or you can change your body by changing your state. It works both ways. Absolutely. It's a two-way street. 
Absolutely. And this is what you're talking about, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. There's a lot of just very practical things. I was just on a call this morning and the coach on that call said, take your meds. Well, what does she mean by meds? Well, meditate, yeah. meditate, exercise, yeah. diet and sleep. Yeah. Very, very practical things. Simple, practical do. things. Simple things. And, yeah. you know, and the other thing that, that I'll tell clients, like when I was organizing, you know, you, you don't have to have big wins. Start out with a junk drawer. So start right. out with one little area in your life. Yeah. Look at your relationships. Is there some little pivot that you need to do? Is there something that you need to do with your schedule? Is yeah. there some little action that you can take? And it all it's all good. It all yeah. works toward the wholehearted life that we want. So, hey, Manny here. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the importance of growing your own personal brand and your own audience. In this day and age, if you do business on social media or on the internet in general, you need to be focused on your personal brand. And your personal brand is a function of what people say, think, and feel about you behind your back. And that's where we can come in and help you tremendously. So I'd like to invite you to go over to my website, mannywolf.com, where you can either schedule a call with me or my team, or you can learn about the ways that we can help you to grow your audience powerfully and quickly. In this day and age, content is absolutely king. And if you don't have a content strategy, you can't expect big results. And what we do is we help you with powerful, powerful content strategies. In short, we can put you everywhere all the time without you doing hardly any work. Sounds kind of cool, right? If you'd like to learn more, head over to mannywolf.com and either book a call or look into one of the ways that we have already prepared to help you rapidly grow your audience, grow your trust, your authority, your personal brand, and of course, through all of those things, grow your business. All right, now back to the show. Feeling like we've gotten a pretty good handle on on a couple of important ideas here. One is that um, the, the sort of the chaos in our in our environments doesn't just happen to us, even right. though it feels like it's happening to us. Yes, we need to be very aware of literally the stories we tell ourselves about it. Oh, yeah, because, that's huge. right. Because yeah. those are often just rationalization and denial mechanisms. Right. Yep. So now, um, and, and this is this is this is really cool for me. Um, let's talk a little bit about, I guess, like, like so. You said you can start with little wins, like the junk drawer. Um, I guess I want to know your philosophy when it comes to the actual work of decluttering. Mm hmm. You know, um, and and I guess you're, it, it's inevitable that you're going to be compared to Marie Kondo here. <laughs> I, I am like the antithesis of Marie Kondo. Oh, I fascinating! Cook, I can't and wait. And I to love hear. throwing out stuff. And uh -huh. I, you know, and I think we're Americans. We don't have time to hold every little thing. And go. Does this spark joy in my? I mean, don't right. get me wrong. I love her approach, and I love the mindfulness. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm like, a, yeah, let's get it done, baby. Let's get that dumpster. <laughs> 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 I, I absolutely believe, Manny, that, and, and this is really cool. When I was organizing, I said, you know, really what I'm doing is spiritual work. Yeah. It's not about the physical work. 
Yeah. It's about holding space for somebody and saying, okay, so let's talk about what's going on. What's the story behind this? And then like you just mentioned, these stories that we get in our head where we just get locked in this echo chamber, it's not serving us well, but yeah. we don't know how to get out. So to have somebody right. on the outside say, tell me about that and, yeah. and let's look at it and let's ask some questions and explore and get curious. Yeah. So before we go into your your sort of practical boots on the ground philosophy, I feel like um, you sparked something when you said echo chamber. First, I wanted to say it's interesting how social media um, not personifies but uh, uh, exaggerates the whole echo chamber thing. Amplifies, yeah. Amplifies, yeah. but but it's important to know that. The willingness to sort of enter into an echo chamber comes from within us in the first place. Yes, it does. Right. I, yes, I think that does. that's really interesting. And I've been thinking about that a lot with this pandemic and the way people are, you know, mostly falling neatly into camps about it. And the camps follow a predictable bell curve and all this other stuff. Yep. Like sociologists and human behavior theorists must just be giddy watching yes. this all unfold, not because they wish us harm, but because people, God, you guys, we're so effing predictable. Yes, we are. We, we think we're so fiercely original and unique and, and we're just so predictable. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah. so you've, you've talked to me a little bit about what's in my heart. You recognize that my clutter and and maybe even to the extent of hoarding is is a reflection of something happening with me. How do we get yeah. down to it now? How do we get down to it now? That that is such a great question. With first of all, with great kindness and compassion. Nice. Okay. That has got to be the rallying cry anytime. I don't look at hoarders as defective. Come on, Facebook. <laughs> Line. Let's see. Are we back? We're back. You. We uh, back? I lost you right at defective. Okay. okay. So that's when, when I'm working with a client now as a life coach. Yeah. Um, they're not defective. Right. They, they're not broken. There's right. nothing wrong with them. They've had things happen to them. Yeah. And they're in pain and they're out of balance. Yeah. So my first thing is nothing judgment free nothing but grace and kindness for him. So the fact, here's the thing, Manny, when somebody <clears throat> says, hey, can you help me? I look at this as a great act of bravery. Yeah. Anytime somebody raises their hand and says, I'm buried, I'm unhappy, my husband's going to divorce me if I don't get my crap together. <laughs> and yes, that does happen. Sure, um, so, sure. so that's yeah. the first thing. The, the next thing that I do, now are we talking about the, the heart clutter? Or are we talking about getting into the physical stuff? The physical stuff. The physical, the physical stuff. stuff. Yeah. So lots of conversation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are no shortcuts through it. Mm -hmm. uh, was it Winston Churchill who said the only when you're going through hell, keep on going? Yeah. And when you are dealing with a big mess like that, you know what? It doesn't happen overnight. Now, right. maybe they inherited a storage unit from great aunt Matilda. Sure. That's usually not the case. And there's not the story involved mm -hmm. versus somebody who has piled up all this clutter. So, and, and really from an organizing standpoint, in that sort of a situation, it's really helpful for somebody to be in therapist, because as you know, I'm a life coach. Mm -hmm. I am not a therapist. Yeah. I focus on what's strong, not what's wrong. 
Okay. And there's usually some pathology involved when somebody is hoarding and they're so out of balance. Yeah. So team approach is very important. Um, I do lots of questions, a lot of listening, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just take things one thing at a time. So there is a little bit of that Marie Kondo in, in there where you do uh-huh. have to touch of stuff because there, there's no quick fixes for this. I wish there were. I wish yeah. we could just say, you back up the dumpster and just shovel it all in there. Right. Um, most people, that's that's a little too much for them. So uh, depending on what pace they want to go, that's my job. Okay, nice. I imagine that to come into uh, a, an intensely cluttered, bordering on uh, hoarder type environment and just giving directives about starting, you know, get rid of this, get rid of that would probably have the reaction that that sort of stereotypical reaction of the, um, the autistic kid and you turn the TV off without warning him and he just freaks out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's so what's happening there. Let's use some, some version of an extreme hoarding situation. Okay. What's, What's happening that moves the person toward, and it's got to happen incrementally, toward, you know, building up this this narrative in their head where yeah. this is somehow okay. It's yeah. okay to live in this kind of, you know, sort of um, uh, uh, almost a caricature of filth, right? Yeah. 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 So tell us about that a little bit. Well, um and I'll have to preface, I, I haven't done a whole lot of hoarding work because okay. to me, that's out of my skill set. But I have, I've been in homes like you described, mm-hmm. where there's there's rodent damage and there's piles of right. dirt and clutter. Yeah. And to me, so I, I recommended therapy. That's uh-huh. my number one thing to address yeah. that. Yeah. The other thing is this, this poor woman, and she's like a textbook case of a lot of pain that's been unresolved. Yeah. And what they do is they end up they they end up taking comfort in these items, and th- it's like ah, they build a fortress around themselves. Right. And it's a comfort to them, and it isn't until they reach a pivotal moment, like in this one case, you know, this woman was at risk of having her kids taken away from her, or the sure. husband or the wife is going to leave if they mm-hmm. don't. So there is usually some sort of an event. Yeah. That will cause, unlike, uh, or like, um, you know, somebody having a health crisis and going, oh my God, yeah. I need to lose yeah. 100 pounds. Yeah. It's the wake up call. So wow. there's usually a wake up call. And, and one thing that I also learned is if you're calling me about going over to help your Aunt Sally, no, Aunt Sally needs to call me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think probably everyone right. who does. Right. Any, I mean, you know, there's a coach, yeah. right? Yeah. Anyone who's done anything. find out your coach. Oh, you need to. Yeah. Oh, go on. I think anyone who's done any kind of coaching for any amount of time has probably had that. Can I pay for a few sessions for so-and-so? And it's such a beautiful thought and it's so misplaced. <laughs> and it, it doesn't it, work. It completely misses the truth. <laughs> you know? yeah. Absolutely. Unless yeah. that person is initiating it. Yeah. It's, it's so true. <laughs> It's uh, it's it's that which we get too easily, we esteem too lightly. This is true. This yeah. is true. They they've got to have, um. Well, that's that's one of the things. So I um, to a little back to my story a little bit. Yeah. When I was doing the organizing, I, I started doing workshops out of this, because I realized 
that my biggest challenge is helping people to see that they're the best organizer that they will ever see. Okay. They are the best one. They know what's operate operating. So I started doing workshops on this. It's a four week workshop that approaches, I mean, very boots on the ground, dealing with heart clutter or home, home head, heart and health. Mm -hmm. And, um, because now, you know, when you're working one-on-one -on -one with people, you can't scale that at all. And I want it to scale it. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm really enjoying doing that now. And I'm getting great success because I figure if I can help these people to see that they can do it on their own, it's the difference of giving them a fish yeah. versus teaching them to fish. Very much so. Yeah. Jackie Gold asks, is it a lot, is a lot of it about control for, for these people? Sometimes it is. Absolutely. Uh -huh. Absolutely. And, you know, and here's the other thing, too, is to remember um, scared people or angry people or, you know, how, how often is it? it's fear driving it? It's fear that drives the control thing. Fear that they're, how about this? Not fear that they're going to have enough, but fear that they are enough. And sure. that, that classic shame thing that gets yeah. rolling around in our head. So. And and so I really was fascinated by what you said about how there's like um, uh, a comfort piece to each little thing that they sort of stack on the pile. Is this a situation of needing a proxy for something missing that another human is supposed to co-create with you? Absolutely. Okay. It, wow. It's yeah. really interesting, Manny. I wish I could remember the paper that I read. Uh, about the two different types of nostalgia. Okay. So there's a, there's a nostalgia that looks back and mm -hmm. gets warm fuzzies from it. Oh God, I yeah. remember going camping with the kids and it was yeah. such a wonderful. There's that nostalgia. And then there's a different kind of looking back where you just kind of crawl into a negative sadness. And, oh yeah, um, yeah. Like the melancholy sort of morose nostalgia exactly yeah, yeah. yeah and i mean mm -hmm. guess which ones the hoarders are yeah. I, I mean i wish i had read this you know years ago it would have been helpful um i just read it maybe a month or so ago it's like i didn't know there was such a thing but there absolutely is yeah so yeah they, they identify with this um oh one client had a moth-eaten quilt that mm -hmm. she could not part with i mean it was just yeah. It was nasty. Yeah. So, but what was the story behind it? Well, am I going to dishonor my sister if yeah. I throw this? So, right back to the story. Right. You know, so I would sit down with him and say, well, well, let's let's talk about this quilt. So, what do you think your sister's intentions were? And is there another way that we can commemorate your loved one? And then one of my favorite things, a C.S. Lewis quote, is having been is a form of being. And I remind people that just because they're not here on this earth still doesn't mean that they're not still with you. They right. are. Right. And by taking that inside out approach, it helps to pe for people to let go of this other stuff. I can totally see that. And I think it's, <clears throat> in a way, it's funny is not the right word, but it's, uh, it, it's, it's warm and enjoyable to me, the image of people thinking they're hiring you to help them clean their house. <laughs> but then when they get into it with you, it's like, I have this image of having deep, meaningful conversations and getting to understanding and sort of the house just becoming cleaner. You know, it's true. It's no, I true. get that. I get that. Yeah. I can, I can totally see that. Absolutely. And what's amazing. And by the way, I think that was actually Carl Jung who said that quote. Um, okay. but anyway, um, 
Yeah, it's and that's why I say it's spiritual work. You can see the change that overcomes people or right. overtakes them. Yeah. You know, when that closet is cleaned out and they then they mm -hmm. step back and they go, Wow, this is amazing. Yeah. And I how do you feel inside? Wow, I feel amazing. Right. Yeah. To me, it's very obvious that it's spiritual work. Um, it, it, to oversimplify it, you just never see a person who's sort of self-empowered and balanced and, you know, proactive and in charge of their own thoughts, who then also lives in chaos. That's absolutely true. Yeah, it That's just doesn't. It's, true. And there's a reason for that. <laughs> well, there, there is. And it's got to first start with that, that curiosity. Yeah. So why am I living this way? What, yeah. what, and then to have the, the courage to be able to look at the things, you know, one thing that, that I love to talk about as well, it's, um, and this is a Carl Jung thing, doing shadow work, mm -hmm. you know, we all have a part of our personality that's super ego. I look at me and I'm really good, but inside we've got these less attractive parts. Yeah. And part of the emotional clutter that I'm seeing is we don't want to face that. We want, Hey, I'm a great gal. Look at me. I'm perfect. I got all my crap together. Mm. But inside, I know the story. I know that I could start a flame war with somebody. I know I can rip somebody apart with criticism mm. in a nanosecond, you know, all these things. I'm not proud of them, Right. but to be able to go, you know, but that is part of who I am. Yeah. I'm not going to feed that side of me, but I'm going to accept all the sides of me. Yeah. And, um, and I think that that takes bravery too to admit that this is part of the repressed feelings and the repressed identification that we deal with. It gets tucked into our subconscious, yeah, and that's yeah. where it can flare up is a chronic health issue. We're yeah. not accepting of ourselves. We're full of on the outside. It, um, so Doctor Doctor Sarno called this tension myositis syndrome, and to break it down, it just means basically your muscles are tense. Yeah. And it is a physiological response. You've got your subconscious going, I can't accept this. I can't go there. That's a dark, shadowy place. Mm -hmm. So you just repress it down. And what happens is those physical symptoms are actually serving a distraction to keep you from admitting that maybe you're not happy with your life. Right. Right. Maybe you hate your job. And so that's where, you know, somebody's having a pain issue. It's like, oh, that's awesome. That is an awesome invitation. It's not yeah. awesome that you're hurting. I get that. <laughs> Nobody likes that's not you. what we're saying. It's yeah. <laughs> not what we're saying, but it's an invitation Yeah. to go, what's going on on a deeper level here? Are right. there other levels of clutter in my life that yeah. are, that's driving this carpal tunnel or uh, plantar fasciitis or whatever mm. else it might be? Yeah. And if you're hearing this and you're feeling offended, it's probably a good in indication that uh, you're you're a little bit, you know, you need to check your own stories. Amen, brother. <laughs> Amen. I always say the, the quicker the what? Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> and the more reason of you might need to do a little work there. Well, and, and I, I use that as myself too. When I get my, my panties in a waddle or something, or I get instantly offended, it's like, Ooh, where yeah. did that come from? What Why was I there? just triggered that way? Why do I want to throat punch you right now? <laughs> we, we saw quite a bit of that the other day together, didn't we? That was a case study. And that was like, that was wow. Hilarious. Yeah, it, it was hilarious. And you know, it's interesting this is off down the rabbit trail just a little bit, but it's, it's interesting because um, 
I don't often wind up in the crosshairs of people like that. And it's not that I'm afraid to state my opinions. Yeah. It's just there was something extremely triggering about yeah. that simple, simple question I asked, you know. Yeah. Um, what I found was it takes a lot of resolve to stand in the crosshair, even when they're clearly off base, right. you know. <laughs> and so I guess that could tie into our conversation here uh, in so far as I could support people in it is easy to go hide mm -hmm. and not as easy to stand in, in face to face with whatever the discomfort is. Absolutely. So I didn't intend this to go here, but let me uh, give those of you listening who can relate to what Teresa is saying. Let me give you permission for the past, not for the present, but for the past yeah. that maybe, you know, maybe, um, uh, your your environment is reflecting something you're not ready to look at. And I didn't plan on being able to say this either, but I want to strongly recommend that you reach out to Teresa. We don't know each other, by the way, before this call. We're just sort of Facebook acquaintances. This is not, I'm not a shill in the audience for her. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I didn't know that she was going to have such a holistic approach that made so much sense to me. Um, but you do. Well, and so, you, well, I, I don't give out gratuitous, fluffy compliments. Um, you earned it. You thank earned you, it by man. being able to really hang here with me. Um, so thank you, actually. And if anybody is really connecting with this, I haven't asked her if this is okay, but I'm just going to say reach out to her. <laughs> um, you have a, a tremendously soft heart. Oh, thank you. You're very, very welcome that I can feel immediately. And I was thrilled to learn, um, to discover little by little through this conversation that uh, your approach is, is not about getting out the broom in the dustpan as much as it's about really helping people to sort of um, understand what's going on inside of them. That's just really, yeah. really amazing. So I want to yeah. thank you so much, A, for being flexible today. <laughs> <laughs> my pleasure. Absolutely my pleasure. Yeah. And and B for for what turned out to be just a wonderful conversation. I have enjoyed it very much, Manny. You are a joy on Facebook and <laughs> it's great to meet you kind of IRL, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, pseudo. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, likewise, likewise. So um thank you very much. Guys, please share this out. I just feel like this one is an unexpectedly uh potent message so please if you've enjoyed this share this that's and you know and if i can just put in one little plug not, you not bet. for me you bet but to look at this covid thing in the quarantine this is an opportunity not to knock it out of the park with your goals and blah blah blah, blah. because right. for a lot of people that's their go-to distraction mm. so i really want to you know my my rallying cry is live simply love deeply and a lot of the activity that we do is a hindrance to that. So I really, I encourage your audience, take this time as COVID is the time to do some inner work and to think about, well, sure. what can I yeah. unclutter from my schedule, not just from my home, but from my schedule, from my heart. Yeah. This downtime is an invitation from the universe to say, wow, it's time to reset some things. 
It is. And and just as a, a little sort of an add-on, usually invitations from the universe are a bit uncomfortable. Oh, they they suck. They just <laughs> they, suck. Yeah. <laughs> so so let's go through quickly and just shout out to some people before we sign off. Let's see. Carol, Jackie, Philip, Jamie, Helen, uh, Dave, Carol again, uh, John, Sumith, Danielle, Mitch. Um, looks like there are a few other people coming on. Um, Amanda, did I say Amanda already? And another Jeff. Guys, please share this. I beg of you. It's such an easy thing for you to do, and it, it means so much to us. It's just a press of a button for you. So, um, Teresa, thank you so much. Manny, thank you so much. This is my awesome. pleasure. <laughs> Have a great uncluttered day. There you go. Bye bye. <laughs>